0: Can you say it? You're listening. You're listening, mommy. To Girls. go Girl. Gone. Gone. Wad. Wad. Podcast. This is episode 241. This week we are excited to have Jason Phillips back on the show. Jason was first on the podcast on episode 186, so I would highly recommend listening to that episode if you haven't heard it. Uh, We go into a lot of detail with Jason in that episode about his story and how he got to where he is now. Um, Jason has done it all from um, being a a cover model to a professional athlete. Um, His journey started when he battled anorexia um, during his time doing modeling, and since then, he has dedicated his life to coaching people. People through nutrition. Uh, he is the founder of In3 Nutrition and um, works with folks with macros and just all different sorts of ways helping people achieve their goals through different nutritional pathways. So we're really excited to have him on the podcast this week and we hope that you enjoy.
1: We have a new baby coming in. It's scheduled to be, I believe, four weeks from this Sunday. So,
0: oh, that's so exciting. Uh,
1: congratulations! Yeah. Thank oh you my gosh. so
0: much. Are you excited, nervous, freaking out? I
1: think all of the above.
0: Yes, um, that's correct.
1: I feel like that's like the typical emotion. Yeah, I think that like I have moments of panic where I'm like, oh my gosh, like what am I going to be able to do? And and then I have moments where, you know, like, especially when I'm around, like, another baby, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have one of those. And uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, I, I mean, so it's like, it's kind of all in one, but you just roll with the punches, right?
0: Yeah, everybody's done it for all of time. You will figure out figure it out my the biggest thing that i found helpful was that like they start out super easy you know like they yeah they don't sleep that much but like it's just meeting their basic needs and everything just builds on that like you don't just get thrown into the deep end and like they're really really portable when they're little you can take them just about anywhere like you know it's not until they're really like one and a half or two where you have to start going only to like tgi fridays because otherwise people will glare at you (laughs) that's my
1: big thing so i am yeah. like i'm a bit of a snob like so when i fly i fly first class and i'm like i told my wife i'm like we're gonna be that couple with a baby in first class like
2: i don't think that's like bad. the one
1: where everyone's like you have the crying baby in first class i'm just like oh man that's gonna be know, me it. but we
0: fly with miles all the time and he has never been the crying baby
1: Oh, good. It's not
0: as bad as you think it is. Like I, I, I will kind of test unless you have like a colicky baby or something. But like right. you'll figure it out. And I think like it's. I just remember feeling like I. There's no way that like the way I've described it to people of like how do you just you know how do you explain to someone who's about to have a baby what it's going to be like? It's like it's like trying to explain color to someone who's colorblind. Yeah.
1: Like
0: <laughs> I just can't. You know, like, I can. It's tell so you abstract. How, it's just going to be different. Like and yep, and
1: you just you just do it, man. Like and it's. Yep. I feel like it's everything in everything in life. Like, I, I feel like the older I'm getting slightly, slightly more wise that I'm becoming, um, you know, you realize that in theory, we should be able to predict a lot of things and then life happens and you can't predict anything. And that's exactly. just that's just kind of how we do.
0: It's true. Just like anything, so, I mean, I feel like starting a business is way scarier than having a baby. So I think. You <laughs> man, I'm so
1: much. I'm so much more comfortable with that. I promise. But uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that that's something I definitely feel a little a little more comfortable with in my life. But uh, you know what? I'm so ready for the challenge. I'm so ready for just all the amazing things that come with it. Um, you know, that's I always fun. said I, I wouldn't bring a a kid into this world until i thought i was responsible enough and so i I think that i'm at that point in my life and um yeah we're super excited
0: do you know what you're having
1: we don't so we're waiting oh my gosh yeah
0: good for you i could never have i have a lot of friends who waited and i envy them but like i i needed to know (laughs)
1: yeah like I it's there's time there's like one time where I think my wife just kind of was going through a little uh just frustration with the process and I'm sure every woman goes through it and I was just like do you want to find out like do you want to find out what the baby is so we can shop and I'm like is like what can I do to make you happy right now right and she's like no like we can't and I'm like okay but that was literally (laughs) the only time where we felt like maybe we wanted to know but no I'm yeah I feel like it's life's like I was in a was in a room with, like, Ben Pakulski and Vince Del Monte, and, and they were like, yeah, it's, like, life's last real surprise, and I thought that was really well stated.
0: Aww. Yeah, I've heard that, too, that, like, it's, like, one of the few – it's, like, one of the few good surprises that we really have left.
1: Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I feel like that's all we have to run with.
0: Very exciting. You're going to be such a good so, dad.
1: I hope so, man. That's my biggest fear is I'm, like – even now, like, my wife has three kids, and so I'm, like, the stepdad, and, you know, my my biggest fear is, like – I have very high expectations of myself, and I want to have—I want to have the same of the kids, but I don't ever want to push them to do things that you know I would assume are correct, you know. And and so, and I've found myself at times where I'm like, oh, I got to not be like that, and and then there's times where I'm like, okay, like I'm glad that I pushed them to do this, but
0: yeah, you know,
1: i I I think that I always operate with uh, the notion that everything I do is is to give them opportunity um and so i think as long as i always like as long as i always operate with that at the forefront i think that we'll be in a good place
0: yeah i've always i very much like agree with the fact that when people say if you're worrying about whether or not you're a good parent you already are one
1: exactly right i i think that's very true i think yeah. that's very true
0: and being a step parent
1: is
2: such an amazing it's amazing yeah. assignment in life I, I feel like hats off to step parents i that is just not an easy thing to step into
1: uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely an interesting role. There's times where it's the best in the world and there's times where like, you know, like, all right, I can't, can't say much. because That's not my kid. Like, yeah. You know, um, like we had one where, um, our obviously so our, our kids live with us like the majority of the time. And so I'm very adamant against never consuming McDonald's. Um and so I I told I told our youngest and she's six and I was like you never eat McDonald's it's disgusting like that'll never come in our house and like it's just like I'm just staunchly against it and like um so then she like I picked her up from her dad's on Sunday and she goes oh, so she goes I have to tell you um we went to McDonald's for breakfast and I was like what do you mean and she goes well Daddy made me and I said well what i said like tell me what happened because now i'm just interested like i wanted a good laugh and she goes i told him i told him no and, and jason says we can't go to mcdonald's and he goes well you're not with jason so we're going and i was like oh, oh. i was like
0: okay guess not so oh my goodness yeah. um i have to tell you that i am a low-key like closet mcdonald's person and Are I you? would get it, like maybe like yes, once a year, once or twice a year. And so I used funny. to love it. I used to absolutely love it, and I would eat it all the time. And I knew, but, like in my like early twenties and teen, like basically in college, I would eat it all the time, and I loved it. And then so I have to ask:
1: like, is it is it still good when you get it now? Like, or is, does it like let you down?
0: No, it still is. And I think it's because I only get it like once a year. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay. but when I get it, so I knew, then all this information came out, about, like how absolutely terrible it was for you. And I was like, well, I can't eat it like knowing what I know. But then I also was like, but, but at the same time, like, w- how bad is it really if it's like one meal out of, you know, oh, the, for sure for whatever, sure. however many 1500 I eat a year. But my husband is just like you. He's like, you will never eat McDonald's. I cannot believe you even <laughs> eat <McDonald's." laughs> So when I go, I have to throw away yeah. the bag before I get home. Yep, Claire
2: has That's Claire has hilarious. dumped off her bags in my, at my house before. She's like, "Can yeah, I throw I this away her?"
0: <laughs> like, that is too funny. Yeah, I'm like, "Can I throw this away at your house cuz Brandon sees it, he's going to be he's going to judge me."
2: Yeah. And my that husband does the same absolutely thing. Absolutely hilarious. My husband's like, "Claire, he'll like go, when I go to town, he'll go to Burger King or some shit." And I'm like, "What the hell is this Burger King bag in our house? <laughs>
1: In all, in all fairness, we have a reasonable amount of Chipotle that gets consumed in this house. Yeah, and that's, fine. that's probably, that's like the worst, really. But <laughs> um, we've cleaned up most of it. And that's, and I mean, that's good. You know, I think that that was always my biggest fear, too, is, you know, I, I know obviously with an eating disorder what, um, what it can do to have the wrong frame of reference of food at a young age. And so I never want to do that either. Um, I always want to make sure that I'm educating. But not um not trying to influence decisions. And so, you know, that that was a, a very difficult piece for the journey for me early on was, was learning how to simply provide education because you know, my day to day work, it's like i am trying to create opinions around things um but you know in in our in in the home i'm just trying to create that level of education and i think that's um that's been really cool and i actually think it makes me a better coach too because i can empathize with some of the people that have kids and they're like well what about family time and i'm like i get it dude like my kids want to go to five guys. I don't want to tell them no. Like, you know, I want them to enjoy being a, being a child. Yeah. How do you balance so, that?
2: That's, oh, can yeah. we just, are, do, are you okay with everything we've said so far to just keep going? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. because that's a good kind of jumping off point and it's so good to talk to you again. And so
1: it's it's just... so good. I know. Like, it's so good to connect, man. It's been, you know, what? it has been a crazy year for both of us. And I, uh, I love that you guys have connected with Craig, um, because I love Craig. And <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> he, he really is. Actually, he just sent me a message, like, not, not kidding, 30 minutes ago. Um, we recorded his podcast in Chino two or three weeks ago when I was there mm-hmm. for Empire, and um it's really cool, man. Like <laughs> I told Craig, like the one line that always stuck out to me for him and, and this has absolutely nothing to do with anything, it's probably super random and I'm not sure anybody will even think it's funny, but like <laughs> if you were in the room you you would get it, but like I'm sitting next to this kid and mind you at the time I'm like, This is a business mastermind, it's all about creating digital products and, You know, this is back in the day when like digital projects like you had to do a launch and you had to get JVs and affiliates and all this stuff. And so he's like talking and this kid next to me is like, yeah, you know, I just I'm complacent. Like I can't seem to get my stuff together because, you know, I have a gym and I make forty thousand dollars a month. And and Craig literally was like looking at his Blackberry and like stops. And it was like you would have thought someone just killed his mother. And he, like, looks up and, like, glares at the guy. And he's like, you need some fucking richer friends. (laughs) <laughs> and like looked back down at his Blackberry and kept typing and I was like, Holy shit, I'll never say that to Craig. Like never. <laughs> and like then we like reconnected last year and like we've been really close ever since. But I was like, Man, like that was my first impression of the dude. I'm like, Don't don't say anything about money around this guy or something. But no, it was really funny.
2: Yeah, he was so, so fun. He came over to our house to record and or to my house and um yeah, we just had so much fun with him because we were just kinda uh we're just you know how we are we're just kind of funny i sure. think he kind of walked in like not really sure what to expect and so now we kind of just um joke with him a lot on uh, instagram and send him funny messages and tease him about his ocd when he's in hotel rooms and like laying down towels everywhere because he doesn't want to touch anything
1: <laughs> that's hilarious oh uh, <laughs> i don't know if he said this publicly ask him about his hair gel trick oh <laughs> totally well yeah yeah, ask him about his hair gel trick. That'll be a good one. Okay. Ask him like, ask him what he ask him what his hair product is when okay. he travels. That'll, okay. I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you guys off the air so that you guys know. But like when we're so I, I can't put his secret out there yeah. in public Okay, it's, it's hilarious like he told me at Perfect Life Workshop and I was like really it's yeah, pretty funny
2: he's just so great he's so fun to joke with because he's just he I, is. I, I don't know he just cracks me up so anyway yeah it's a small world it's so fun that we're all kind of connecting that way and it is. Um, it is I was listening to you well I heard your second interview on Mind Pump which is why I reached out to you again I was like I need to talk sure. to Jason again and um, I was re-listening to it again today just to, I don't know, just get your voice in my head. And yeah. um, so the the thing that I wanted to start with was uh, Claire and I have, like in the past year, you've probably seen us talk so much about I guess diet culture and how women are Mm -hmm. really, I don't know, just, um, it can be very negative. And so having you back on, there was a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, am I being a hypocrite because we're talking about nutrition? But I'm like, no, Jason really encompasses so much more than just nutrition. So I wanted to just start with that is, um, like how you, how you view and can, um, I guess, marry the two worlds in a way that doesn't feel hypocritical because while yeah. we want to put a positive message out there, uh, sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to hear this anymore. We don't want to talk about diet and nutrition because, you know, we don't want to be focusing on just our bodies and just our aesthetic. But I'm like, yeah, but not talking about it doesn't help either.
1: Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, I think that like the ethos of everything that I believe nutritionally is I I don't necessarily work with individuals purely to get their nutrition better. Um, And I I think that nobody comes to a nutrition coach saying, hey, I really want to eat better. Like, you want to eat better because you want something else, right? And so I actually look at the working relationships I have with all of my clients as I'm just simply trying to get you to where you want to be. The vehicle that you have chosen for me to help you with is the nutrition, right? Now, that being said, and, and, you know, you guys worked with Brandy, I don't know how much of the conversations you guys have was not – nutrition but i would argue that you know i spend 10 hours a day on the phone right yeah of those 10 hours of phone calls like i and i mean i i mean this wholeheartedly like no hyperbole of the 10 hours i would not be surprised if nine hours and ten minutes was not nutrition yeah and it's really getting to know the individual it's really figuring out because because clearly there's something off right and and there's because nutritional knowledge at its core is very simple i i try to tell everybody this all the time you could probably go google everything that you need to know but for some reason you're not going home and implementing it and that's the root of the problem why do you not like why can you not create success for yourself do you not value yourself enough do you not have enough self-confidence do you not have enough self-awareness and those are really the problems that we dig into as coaches right and that was really the ethos of us building nutritional coaching institute
0: mm-hmm. um
1: the word coach means so much to me and, and i don't know if you guys saw it but i posted on instagram today i posted a picture of me when i was anorexic and then a picture of me when um i was doing cover modeling and i actually got really vulnerable and said if you know, if you look at the outside, clearly there's a difference, like 60, 70 pounds. Um, but if you would have known the inside, it was the exact same.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I was insecure. I had a lot of self-doubt. Uh, I was depressed. And, and I had a lot of really, uh, a lot of negativity in my life. And, and just because I got the cover model status, right? And, and people are like, well, you obviously mastered nutrition. Sure, I, I mastered cosmetic-based nutrition, but it didn't make me a better person. It didn't even change who I was, like, really at all. Um, and so I'm really big on this concept right now. In fact, I just posted a thing to Instagram, and I'm like, well, you don't get to the, you don't get to the top of a podium performance sport because you get a six-pack, um, right? You get there because you won whatever the performance was. Right. Um, I think people really have to start understanding what their goals are. A six-pack doesn't make you a happier person. It doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't give you more self-confidence or more self-awareness. It just gives you clearly visible abdominals. That's it.
2: Yeah very very visible abdominals and yeah. <laughs> you're so right on like when i and i um when i was going through working with you and brandy i didn't really i didn't talk about it at all because i just wasn't in a place to talk about it i was kind of in that place where i was like i just don't want to um at the time i felt like we were talking so much about diet nutrition that i don't want to be like that's just another piece of diet nutrition i was doing so i was like i just don't want to talk about this yeah. right now but yeah. yeah like working with brandy like anytime i wanted to go to that place of um really making about food and rigidity, she was completely like, nope, we're not talking about that. I mean, she didn't outright say that, but I could tell she was very much diverting the conversation to something that was like, you feel really good and you look very strong and even now I'll reach out to her and kind of have a conversation just like, you know, this really helped me. And, and the thing about it too, Jason is like hindsight is 2020. And a lot of times when you're in it, you just are so focused on the wrong things. And so, um, I imagine that's just really something that you have to work on a lot too, with your clients. But, um, anyway, I just wanted to, to kind of break that out first and foremost, because I know a lot of the listeners um, that there might be some conflict of like, why are you guys talking about this again? But um, I just think it's
1: important. I think it's yeah, go ahead. I think it's rad. Well, I think it's rad that like, there can be so many different contextual pieces, because Mm -hmm. I think so many people have this, this notion that if you're gonna start placing an emphasis on your nutrition, then that must mean that you want to get leaner. And that's literally like myopically how I think we as a culture exactly
2: right. begin
1: viewed, <laughs> viewing nutrition. And and that's not the case at all. I mean, you know, if, if you look at like what we promote, we you know, we talk largely about this triangle of awareness and that's the whole like – you know, performance, aesthetics, life thing, but there's so many reasons that you should. I mean, you know, we touched earlier, like I'm having a baby, like I'm focusing on my wife's nutrition to make sure that the pregnancy goes smoothly and that we have a happy baby. Um, you know, we focus on the kids' nutrition so that they have really good relationships with food and understand food growing up not that we're making choices for them because i would never do that with our kids but education is is massively important and so i think that you know one of the things as, as a thought leader in the space that i'm really passionate about right now is trying to get people away from the myopic view that that emphasis on nutrition equals emphasis on body composition because it doesn't have to nor should it always
2: Thank you for saying that. That was huge because I have been dying for someone to really name it. And that's exactly what it is because I've always been in this place where I'm like, yeah, when I started counting macros, like I learned so much about nutrition, but it, it was up to me too, that it kind of took a turn for the worst initially when I started it. But I learned a ton about nutrition and I, to this day, I'm like, that was really valuable to me. And absolutely. And so I think the, the culture of it that Claire and I also want to talk a lot about just, you know, an ongoing conversation for people, because I know there's a lot of people, um, you know, look, looking to improve their health, but how yes. we, we get this question all the time. It's like, well, how do I focus on improving my health, but also loving my body? And I think a lot of women, well, I'm men
1: too, struggle with that. Like,
0: I think that's like know the Samantha biggest Samantha thing, Scully? the biggest question. Sorry.
1: Do you guys know Samantha Skelly?
0: No, nope.
1: Okay, so I'm a huge fan of hers, and she had me on her podcast recently, and she's really big into that, and she was, like, blown away to hear how much, like, how prevalent I thought male eating disorders were, Um, and I I think that men have a very negative relationship with their body image as almost on the same level as females, Um, and I just think it's, it's rarely talked about, but no, I think that what you brought up is absolutely appropriate and and 100 spot on
0: i think that is kind of the biggest question we get is like okay this is all great you know it's not just about like, eating is not just about what you look like or like you know it's you can move you need to move away from we always talk about moving away from that transactional relationship of like food is not a transactional relationship with exercise and the biggest question we get is okay but how do you do that like where do you even begin because that transactional relationship is so ingrained in people yeah. that you have to earn your food or you have to punish yourself for eating or whatever that is. Like how, how do you start to evolve away from that mindset? Like what would you tell people?
1: Well, I think that I, and again, it's something I've really started getting big on lately because I've seen, I've literally seen that in the thousands of clients that we've been fortunate enough to work with is, you know, there's this massive prevalence in society that all the emphasis on, on ourselves is on our physical selves. And so the definition that we have created of ourselves is, well, short or tall or fat or skinny or muscular or, um, you know, lean or like whatever. And and so like when you ask somebody to describe themselves, the first thing they say is all of their physical stats and and you actually don't get anything other than that. Well, that's very misplaced. You know, I'm more than Jason Phillips, five, nine, 190 pounds, 8% body fat, right? Like I'm Jason Phillips, the husband, the father, Um, the friend, the leader, um, the thought leader, the educator, um, right, all of those things that really supersede any of the physical. Yet, for some reason, we have all created this definition of ourselves as being physical selves. Um, And so I'm really trying to get the conversation to become much more than simply the physical self. Now, again, as somebody that's been eating disordered, I get it. There's always... Uh, we live in a culture where vanity is at a premium. You know, you scroll through Instagram and you've got 100 butts in your face or you've got dudes with abs, um, you know, and, and that's, that's just the vanity of the culture that we live in. And that's that's acceptable. And I get it. Like, it's OK to want okay to show off our hard work. But um, as soon as we start using food as a reward system um, or as soon as we start basing ourselves purely off our physical being, um, that's really when the issue arises. And we actually have to start taking the conversation immediately outside of those things and identifying other areas of our lives where we feel empowered, um, and and that's those are exercises that we you know we walk our clients through.
2: How would you say? Because I really want to touch on this, and I don't want to breeze over it because um, I I think we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. Which, by the way, listeners, uh, you were Jason was on episode one eighty six. If you want to listen to our first interview with him, but. Uh, males and eating disorders and how do you feel that they present in males and um, by that I mean for women I think a lot of it is just restriction and um, insecurities that are pretty i, I don't want to say standard but they all kind of look the same as far as like well i would just want to look good i want to get into a smaller pair of whatever um how do you think it presents in males or what you see
1: so the the most familiarity i have with it is in the is like in the fitness industry itself and so you know when i kind of made it as a fitness model i um i started meeting all the other fitness models and hearing the stories so many of us were you know very small we were very insecure and or some of them were overweight but you kind of go from this uh anorexia type mindset where you know so many of us wanted to be lean um, and so we just didn't eat and and I clinically was anorexic um you know to this bigorexia um but the truth is in the underlying um the underlying I guess like condition is that we're never good enough and and so here I am you know goodness what am I I'm 33 I'm almost 15 years removed from the eating disorder um, I I can honestly take a step back, look at it from a ten thousand foot view, and tell you that it was never self-acceptance. Like we never thought we were good enough or mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. Um, and we base that purely off of what we had to offer physically. Um, and so now, you know, you talk about males that abuse steroids. That's a form of an eating disorder or a body image disorder. Um, you know, you talk about. Um, guys that um, I, I call it exercise bulimia I don't know if that's clinical but you see guys where they're like well I had pizza last night so I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to do that hour of cardio and um, you know I get clients that ask me that all the time well do I need to do extra cardio well that's just that's basically just creating a vicious feedback loop internally
2: right that
1: now every time you deviate from quote-unquote dietary protocol that you actually have to punish yourself or quote-unquote make up for it that's a terrible mindset to get into yeah um and so but but in terms of how do guys present it's it's that transition where it, it was an anorexic uh very restrictive to almost an abundance where well I'm, I'm still not enough it's it's always not enough in the beginning it was not enough leanness now it's not enough muscle um or not enough performance right like in the crossfit space we see a lot of guys that like well i'm just going to train two or three times so i can beat so and so Um, and, and so it's always, it's always, I'm never enough. And it's this really negative definition of self.
2: So, uh, and I would argue, I think there's a, probably a lot of body dysmorphia, uh, initially coming to you where do you, how do you transition people to see, well, I guess, define their goals in a way that's a little healthier as opposed to, well, I want to change my diet so I can get lean because that really shouldn't be the goal.
1: Yeah. So I'm really careful. I mean, one of the first exercises that I do with all of my clients now is really trying to understand what they truly want. Um, And so I'm notorious for if you come to me and you say, I want to be super shredded. Um, I'm also going to educate you about the statements that you're also making, but maybe not consciously making. Mm-hmm. And so if you come to me and you say, I want to be shredded, I'm saying, okay, great. Like, let me just inform you that comes with a calorie deficit. When you're in a calorie deficit, that implies inadequate recovery. When you're not recovering adequately, that probably means you're not going to perform at your peak. Um, and we're having this conversation, what is it? June twenty second or J- January 22nd. Um, you know, that's right before the open. So if you're trying to get really shredded right now, you're not recovering adequately. That means you're not going to perform your best. That means it may not be your best open. Um, are you cool with that? Right. And if you're cool with that, like my job is to take you where you want to go. Yeah. Um, but if you're not cool with that, then, hey, like we need to restructure your goals or we need to, um, you know, maybe we need to reperiodize your goals. You know, maybe you want the best performance in the next two months and then you want to get lean. Well, that's cool. Like that fits into what we would call nutritional periodization. But I think a lot of people are, are miseducated thinking that, well, you know, performance and aesthetics are, are one thing and they're not. They're two very different subsets of goals that come with two very different subsets of requirements. And, you know, um, obviously when you say that you want the absolute of one, you're you're absolutely have to sacrifice on the other.
2: So the people that are the, I would say maybe the 2% that are just constantly shredded looking (laughs) and people are kind of using that as a benchmark, um, to be like, well, so-and-so can do it. And they're happy. And they're kind of like, you know, I don't know if they're bragging or whatever. They're just like, ah, I had this great meal and look how shredded I still am. Um, can we just cover that and say is that just the two percent that are just genetic freaks or are they just lying and miserable and starving all this all the time i don't i don't i don't get it
1: to be to be fair i would say it's a combination of both okay um like and and again like and i'm not one that like loves to go out and stir up controversy so i won't but i have stories i have stories about some individuals that i you know could tell privately um, and, you know, we all have to accept, like, none of us are ever going to be Rich Groning. Um, you know, none of us are, are, you know, very few of us are ever going to be, um, you know, Tia to, Toomey. And, and so it is what it is, you know, uh, to my knowledge, and I've never met, I've never met Rich, I've never interacted with him, but to my knowledge, he doesn't count anything. He, you know, he kind of has some intu- intuition. Um, and, and he just kind of eats intuitively throughout the day understanding, but his, his overall premise is fuel and recovery. The way he approaches his nutrition every single day is he needs to make sure he's fueled enough, um, for the workouts he's going to do and that he, at the end of the day has recovered from those workout pieces. And I think that's very apropos for an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can say, obviously, if I were to work with him, I would love to wrap my head around quantity so I had data moving forward so I could like ensure with accuracy just because I'm neurotic like that. Yeah. Like, I want to say, like, hey, man, like when we go to the games, I know for a fact that like we gave you 800 grams, like you're ready. Um, but, you know, that's just my neuroses. Uh, but I would say like what he does is, is completely okay. But, you know, if, um, you know, everyone knows the example from last year. You know, there were certain, certain females that I think played the body comp game, and I think it bit them in the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I actually think that there's, you know, certain um, camps promoting body comp first prior to performance, and I highly disagree with that. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think that you have to be a certain body composition to, to perform well in CrossFit. In fact, Matt Frazier is maybe, and, and again, I, I haven't racked my brain, but he might be the least lean male, at the CrossFit Games, and he destroys it. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that again, it's just—it's really a fundamental misunderstanding of body fat set point um, and and what happens physiologically speaking as you navigate away from body fat, body fat set point. Um, you know, but it, again, the, the desire for vanity, I, listen, these girls are being given very tiny clothing by Reebok, right? right. So they got to look good in that. And I get it. Like you're on a world stage. Like you want to look good, like no, no issues with that. But I think a good coach educates you as to why you may or may not look that way. Um, and I have some really good examples of, of people like, uh, I'll use Carly Matthews as an example. You know, when her and I first started working together, I said, Hey, listen, a competition time. Might take your abs from you, um, and I said, "But uh, I promise you, after the competition, we go through a recovery phase. I'll give you your abs back." And you know, she laughed about it, and, and we've had those conversations. But I can tell you that she's always put her trust in my hands when physically she maybe didn't like what she saw but her performance was always the highest it's ever been yeah um and i'm really excited about what we'll achieve together this year
2: it's so and i want to be clear too because i said something earlier that i'm like oh i hope i didn't sound mean but you know when i say like genetic freaks i'm just saying you know people that have like insane muscle mass that don't really need to there's
1: there's just, you know what i mean like I, I i have
2: full respect for everyone's bodies so i don't want me to like bash anyone at all
1: but there's I, there's yeah. a there's a one percent in everything yeah. i mean like you know we, we could i identify i mean tom brady is 41 years old and just made like a ridiculous comeback against the jaguars yesterday right like um you know lebron james is supposedly at the age where he's supposed to be past his peak but he's having his best career or he's having his best year ever right i mean there's a one percent in everything we do and genetically they're going to get away with stuff so i think that the quote then becomes you don't always get results because of what you do you get results in spite of what you do Um, and I think that we sometimes have to take a step back and look at that. Like we can't just because so-and-so does it doesn't mean that was what gave them the ability to perform at their high level. Like they were probably born with that. Um, you know, we got it. We got to stay in our own lane. We got to worry about ourselves.
2: We absolutely need to stay in our own lane. And so I just want to ask to because um, you brought up about, you know, giving her her abs back after <laughs> after she yeah. uh, competes. And Camille LeBlanc-Bezinet has been posting here and there about her. She calls it her power pouch, which part of me it. is like, oh, girl, you just you you know, we don't need to like label the things on our bodies. I'm very I, particular about that. that. But I I mean, it's it's there and she she puts it out there. So, you know, that's her thing. And I appreciate Appreciate that, but um, I also am kind of like I. I just it makes me sad in a way that we have to do, we have to explain why we have yeah. extra body fat on our stomach, and she's an amazing performer. Like that just makes me so yep. sad. I get why she's saying it. Because the culture has moved in such a way that it's like everyone's just so shredded. Well, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of the women who are competing at that level, I guess last year, you know, it kind of swung that way. Maybe we'll see it swing the other way this year um, with some proper education. But the fact that she's got to put that out there, I just I was like, oh, Camille, you're you're perfect. And you were
0: a hard worker. And 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 by the way, she still has. A visible six pack.
1: Yeah, she does. And
0: I'm like, yeah, it may not
1: be like shredded and vascular, but she has visible abdominal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God. I, you know, I think that I, I, the post that I saw it made was she actually talked about it giving her strength. And yeah. I was like, I don't think, I don't think you comprehend that the way that I comprehend that. So, but I was like, I loved it. Like, I really wanted to be like, that is what so many people need to understand, because truthfully that insulation of a slightly higher um body fat percentage we're talking like negligible amounts one two maybe three percent higher than these other girls but remember you know fat carries with it hormone um and actually having an appropriate amount of body fat means that your hormones are probably at the proper ratios and that you probably have adequate levels of hormones in your body meaning that you can now recover at the appropriate levels so Um, Yes, it truly does give her her power, probably in more ways than she even realizes. Um, But I think above everything else, it shows she is so massively confident in who she is. The reason that the rest of us are afraid to go out there is because we lack the self-confidence. We lack the self-awareness. And so if we're doing internal work, let's work on that. Let's mm-hmm. not work on getting a better six pack. Let's work on ourselves and the way we look at ourselves, talk about ourselves and feel about ourselves. Like that's so important.
2: Yeah. I could not agree with you more. Just, I, I'm so glad we're talking more about this because, um, I just, I was so disheartened last year with all of the rage of the aesthetic. And, uh, I think, you know, what posts I'm talking about. There's a, there was a lot of yep. posts like right before the games where I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. And, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I don't think the girls that got super shredded to well, how, perform did, that how did well? that, how did that
1: person perform <laughs> not, right like not great I mean, we, we all like we're, we're all talking about the same person yeah um i mean and and you know that person didn't perform very well and it's funny because you know obviously being in the position i'm in i that stuff makes it to me very frequently and everyone wants my opinion and so
2: yeah.
1: it got it probably got texted to me at least 15 times the day it was posted and you know again i, I never create judgment and so i just you know my comment was you know let's let's see what happens at the games like i'm i'm very intrigued to watch yeah um did i have my suspicions that that would happen absolutely um you know it it would only go based on you know that would only be appropriate based on what i put out there but um it's it's science and sometimes you just can't beat it you know um like if you have to create a calorie deficit to force yourself to that place we're not supposed to number one Like, let's just identify the CrossFit Games. The human body is not meant to train multiple times per day for five to six days per week, period. Right, right. Like, that in and of itself at an appropriate level of body fat with adequate sleep, with adequate recovery, and with adequate food and hydration is very demanding. Now let's put ourselves in a deficit which will yield a host of other issues. We're really messing with internal physiology.
2: Yeah, and I, as we're talking about this too, I'm just like, I just, I hope this is more of a conversation too about education and that I don't want to come across as like bashing anything. It's just more of like, this is a sign that, the culture can take over where we're not really paying attention to our bodies and we're not paying attention to symptoms and so on and so forth. And especially, these, I, I just feel for these athletes at such a high level that maybe aren't, um, whether they're, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for like their coaches, I don't know anything about that, but whether it's the coaches don't have the education to really take care of them in a way, and they, I'm sure they don't mean it, but it's more like then their bodies are suffering. And these are young athletes that I feel like, you know, in 10 years, I hope that they're still able to, you know, just keep themselves healthy.
1: Uh, absolutely, hundred percent. I think that that's that's always my goal. I think that any any individual that coaches an individual in any realm, be it nutrition, be it training, be it you know anything physical, I think that our goal should always have some undertone of longevity. Now, I've gone on record and I've said, if you're trying to win the CrossFit Games, you're absolutely one hundred percent reducing the longevity with which you care to have in your life. Like it, it just. Factually speaking, every high-level athlete is going to have a shorter lifespan than he or she could have had if they did not undertake said activity. It just just comes down to stress on the body, um, and it's going to happen. Now, that being said, our job is to minimize that, um, and our job is to maximize said individual.
0: And I don't think that it's necessarily about like bashing certain things or certain people or certain goals. It's more just like setting that expectation of, okay, if this is what you want, then realistically, this is what you're going to have to do to get there. And these are the things you're going to have to sacrifice, whether that is literally years of your life down to, you know, the quality of life that you want to have with your friends and family for being able to eat what you want down to, you know, the, um, the abs that you want to see or, you know, or the reality or the realistic realisticness of having <laughs> be able to maintain that forever and ever and yeah. just like what that's going to do to your body long term like with it, hormones and everything and, and I think you know what you're saying of like have that conversation, conversation up front of like okay well if this is your goal this is what that really means I think that's so important because I think people go into it thinking like well all these high level athletes have it, all these people on Instagram have it, all of these, you know, whoever has it. So that must mean that I should want that. And so I'm just gonna go dive in head first and do whatever it takes to get there without taking a step back and saying, what's it really gonna take? What's my life really gonna look like when I get to that point? And is that really the life that I want versus like, is that just the body that I want?
1: Yeah. Well I think it's I think it's two things. All right. I think one is is what we've talked about a couple of times is the definition of self as, as purely physical um, and, and allowing that to guide all of our thoughts and actions. And I think that's very misplaced. Um, you know, and, and then again, number two, it's, it's just not understanding or or it's creating an environment of something that is very temporary. And so, you know, if we got to look like if, if the actions you're taking right now are going to cause a much worse reaction following this dietary phase, then what we're doing now is, is really not appropriate. Um, you know, and so we hear people all the time well, I got shredded in 12 weeks and then I was fatter in five weeks. Well, that's an issue like and and physiologically speaking it's a very big issue um but you know psychologically speaking it's a huge issue um and so i think that if you don't have a long term plan um it's like it's it's periodization really at its purest form but if you don't have a a big picture and you're just operating uh in small phases within that big picture then i think that you're you're grossly misplaced
2: can we switch gears a little bit cuz we're going to wrap up here oh, soon absolutely. i i heard you talk a little bit, well, a lot of it <laughs> on the Mind Pump show too about um how paleo is not for CrossFitters and I was like, what <laughs> Um, which I think is it makes so much sense. Can you just talk a little bit about your theory behind that? Yeah,
1: I mean and, and I'll I'll be super honest, you know, I, I think that um Rob Wolf has openly said this as well. So I don't yeah. wanna yeah I don't want to say that I like now, in all fairness, like I was saying this before I heard Rob say it, so I don't want to be like I stole it from him, but <laughs> yeah. at the same token, like I believe that this gentleman who is very well-read and well-spoken is also saying it. Um, so, you know, it's it, it comes down to just really simple science is, you know, paleo does not provide a lot of carbohydrate and, and that's all well and good. And there's a lot of health benefits to minimizing starchy carbohydrate intake um, from inflammation reduction, um, you know, to cognitive benefits. You know, when we're looking at longevity protocols, um, you know, I think that when I talked to you guys last year, I'm not sure... Uh, my father had just been diagnosed with cancer. I don't know if we talked about that. I don't think um, we did. But, okay, yeah, like, my dad had just been diagnosed with, with prostate cancer. Um, and I actually put him on a paleo diet. Um, now, my, my father's diet's atrocious, um, and so sticking with it was very difficult. But cleaning up his habits, I definitely believe, helped in his recovery. And, you know, God bless. He he was able to overcome that and, and is now cancer-free. Um, but... You, you know, I think that when you look at the root of paleo, there's not a lot of starch. Well, when we look at the demands of CrossFit, it's glycolytic in nature, okay? Meaning it is fueled by the glycolytic pathway. Now, some proponents will begin arguing, well, it's, it's aerobic at its at its highest level, and I would agree. But when you start looking at scientific evidence, uh, aerobic metabolism also has some influence from carbohydrate. But more importantly, aerobic threshold which is what every athlete ends up pushing in a workout is purely fueled by carbohydrate. So when we're, we're not taking in a lot of carbs and we're doing uh, exercise that demands carbohydrates, we're, we have no fuel. Um, and that's bad. What's worse is we have no carbohydrates to facilitate recovery. And so when you're in a training environment, what happens, uh, quick science lesson, is you go in and cortisol elevates. Obviously, that allows proteins, fats, and carbs to mobilize as fuel. Um, but the problem is like when you finish training, cortisol remains elevated and without carbohydrate intake, um, especially high molecular weight carbs, or, um, I guess we could say higher GI carbs. Um, uh, that's a little bit misleading, but, um, without carbohydrate intake, uh, you're not really getting that cortisol shut off. And when cortisol remains elevated, it's very taxing on the CNS. Um, the longer you allow that to happen combined with other under recovery. So not enough sleep, uh, excessive training, excessive intensity, we're now going down the rabbit hole of HPA axis dysfunction uh, or what most people commonly know as adrenal fatigue.
2: So, okay. And I, I, I love that you brought that up because uh, I want to wrap up with talking more about recovery and uh, stress reduction. And um, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people go into working out so hard with um, the wrong information. And so uh, talk about the importance of recovery because I, I think people like to hear that and they're like, oh, yeah, I recover. I, you know, relax for the rest of the day. But uh, I don't think they really grasp how important it is um, to incorporate that into their life. I mean, I'm speaking for myself too. I'm horrible at it, but I just want (laughs) to, I want to reiterate the importance of what that means for everyone. Yeah.
1: So I think a lot of people, um, to kind of draw in what we talked about earlier and we talked about now, I'll use one of my coaches as an example, um, Amanda Borelli that works for me, you know, we've, we've kind of ridden this physique slash performance line for nearly three years now. And this year, we kind of were like, listen, if you're going performance, this is the time of year. You got to sacrifice body confidence mentally. She couldn't go there. And I was like, great, performance is out. Like, you're essentially done with CrossFit this year. And so, to get her to like shredded, and we're kind of doing an experiment, but like, we're getting her like cover model lean. She's doing right now zero CrossFit. Um, and not saying that we won't ever put some in at the end of this prep, but the reason we pulled it out now is she was so overtaxed because of the years of overtraining her body. Um, mm. and, and even the, even the best CrossFitters in the world, like like the best planned programs cannot account for individual resiliency. Um, and you also have to now look at your history. So I've openly said that, you know, five, six years ago, I had some adrenal fatigue issues um you know again it was it, i was uneducated walking into the crossfit space um as to just how impactful the demands would be um and so i i started going down that rabbit hole well the result is that today i now actually believe i have what what i've coined um I haven't seen it in science so i'm saying i coined it somebody can correct me if i'm wrong um but nervous system adaptation and so we've talked about metabolic adaptations but I believe that my nervous system is very limited by the fact that I was so overworked, overstressed that it actually remembers um, how impactful that stress was. And it will not allow me to take my nervous system to the highest level for any prolonged period of time. So I could be competitive in like one to two workouts. And then I would actually need like a week, week and a half to fully create a recovery environment. Um, And so I think that, and that's just like irregardless of nutritional protocol. That's the training environment in and of itself. Um, You know, But, like, we got to look at Western culture. Western culture is stress personified. Um, You know, we don't sleep enough. Uh, Like, the average American sleeps, what, six hours, maybe. Ideally, as adults, we should be getting eight to ten. You know, the average American consumes caffeine virtually daily, if not multiple times daily. I mean, there's a sensationalism of coffee in media right now. And God knows I love my coffee. I know. Um, It's like, uh, ah, yeah. (laughs) Yep, yeah, like we love coffee, and it's, but again, it's a central nervous system stimulant designed to raise your cortisol to meet the demands of the stressor. Um, you know, then we have life stress, we have significant others, we have families, we have jobs, right? We have all these things that cause stress. Oh, and then by the way, we're doing the toughest exercise modality known to man, yeah. um, and, and we're doing so with inadequate nutritional protocols because we all want those shredded abs. Um, and that's an issue. Um, unbeknownst to most people, that's the exact issue causing them not to have those abs.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, the thing that that comes up for me too is I'm like, well, I, cause I always wonder if I'm like, am I overstressing my body? Cause I, mm-hmm. cause working out feels good and being active feels good, but, um, I don't feel stressed. So, mm-hmm. how are we, uh, kind of immune to knowing what that feels like? Cause we're just running, so, like we're just used <laughs> to
1: it. I actually meant to say this earlier. I'm glad you brought it back up. Um, so if you look at uh, if if we looked at like FDN um, Reed Davis's like course and we looked at his adrenal fatigue chart, he has he classifies adrenal fatigue as stage one, stage two, stage three. Um, he he's pointed out that probably I think it's upwards of seventy to eighty percent um, operate in stage two adrenal fatigue, and and that's just how we operate every single day. Uh, and so we have actually conditioned ourselves to not really understand what feeling good feels like. So. I think that we all know what it feels like to get up, have a cup of coffee, have another cup of coffee in the middle of the afternoon, um, move throughout our day, and, and just kind of not notice the stress, not notice the fatigue, um, and, and really not even understand what optimization feels like. Um, I, I believe that we wholeheartedly live in a world of repair right now. Um, very few of us live like an optimized life. I don't think any of us know what it's like to feel like Ben Greenfield on a day. Like I feel like that guy... That guy must live on a planet that none of us will ever see. Um, I love him so much. <laughs> he's so. You know what? I'm, I'm talking with him tomorrow. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I'm really excited. Yeah. And so, but you know, like very few of us will ever understand that. But yeah. he does things that none of us will ever do. I mean, I feel like the guy has like every contraption. I mean, like he posts pictures of the setup of his office and he's got like, I mean, not to be crude, but he's got like lights on his genitals. I was going to say like, like he puts lights know, on his, his genitals lights. every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's so you know he's got he's got all these crazy things, and none of us are ever gonna do that, but yeah. you know so yeah, I think that I think most of us don't necessarily know what it is to feel great and and I'll yeah. call a spade a spade myself included yeah. you know i uh I operate a very at this point what's becoming a very large business we you know we've got our education platform and um you know my demands are spread across my family and and my companies, and so it's uh I, I have, I'll tell you this. I've gone from training six days a week down to three to four. Yeah. Um, because I really have to control stressors.
2: Yeah. And you're okay with that. Like you, for uh, someone who's hard. like Super into fitness. Cause <laughs> I, I think about doing that all the time where I'm like, Oh, it's just so f- I, I enjoy it. I truly enjoy it. It's like fun for me to be active, but I also know that yes. there are times where I'm like, I, I should just like, there's times when I struggle with like the, I should versus I want to, um, mm-hmm. go work out or whatever, be active. And, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with working out three to four times a week, or even three times. There's a There's not week. at all. <laughs> it's
1: like, no, and there's not, and I, I can fine. tell you my my physique right now, right? Because again, I'm talking purely as physical beings, and and I again, I'm guilty of this because we all are—we're vain creatures. So the first thing I look at is my physique. I'm actually in a very good place right now, relative to where I was for all of 2017, by actually reducing the volume, um, having less stress. My sleep quality has improved massively. Um, which has translated into just better focus and better quality of work.
2: Mm. And you're getting ready to be a dad, so you gotta be. And I'm
1: getting ready to be a dad, so I gotta be <laughs> on my game. You know, it's, allow- it's allowing me to podcast past my bedtime. I mean, if I'm being very transparent, like my bedtime is 9 p.m. Oh, you're so it's nice 9, to It's 9:52 here. I know. Okay, so, so on that
2: note too, because we do have to wrap up, and I completely respect bedtime, Claire. Well, no, and, and I'm definitely not
1: trying to push bedtime on you guys. So, like, keep me up <laughs> till 11, 12. Like, we're good. Like, seriously, my wife is probably already sleeping. So, we're we're golden.
2: You're so nice. So, Claire and I um, have done. Uh, we did this definition of health last year, and so I want to know if there's something that. Comes to mind for you when you think of your definition of health for you personally.
0: Oh, this is a classic joy move. This End is really
1: good. Last question. Yeah, I can't say I've heard it, so I, I need a minute to to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what what really comes to mind is the ability to truly love yourself. Um, I think that when I start thinking about health, I think about again. I I always think of it as like the three headed monster or the three sides of you know the three points of the triangle. And so I I do believe that there's physical health. And so I think that if your internal physiology is off in any way um, that starts affecting your brain, serotonin levels, so you're not ever going to think of yourself maximally. Um, I think that if, you know, from a longevity perspective, you're operating with a lot of inflammation. um, Again, I think that is negatively going, it's going to decrease cognitive function as well. Um, But then I think that if you're not able to fulfill the duties of your life, Um, you feel inferior to several things and so you don't love yourself. So I think that if you are able to look, feel, and operate on a day-to-day basis, um, close to how you want to, you will be able to love yourself. And I think loving yourself, being self-confident, having self-awareness, stealing that from Gary V is really the key to success in every endeavor.
2: It's not an easy thing to do though, Jason, it's not, an easy. it's the thing hardest
1: thing to, <laughs> to do. do. It is. Listen, hey, let's, to be fair, that's why I have a job, right? Like yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. uh, if I'm being super honest, you know, and, and so I talked with Ryan Mickler today, um, and he owns order of man and mm. him and I talked about, you know, he started his business three years ago and he's like, you know, I, I kind of started it. Um, and he's like, you know, cause this was really the culture I needed to be in to make myself better. Um, we as coaches, and I joke with my team all the time, we as coaches are coaches because we were so messed up. Now, we have found our way through the weeds, but it doesn't mean we fully made our our, our way out. But we're able to lead everybody because we're further through the weeds than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that any of us will ever have mastered it when we go to the great um and you know there's some very happy people out there that love themselves but um you know i don't think that they necessarily have mastered the physical well-being piece that they could have so i don't think that they're you know 100 percent in health um but i would say that they've got a lot of it mastered and, and i would say self-love can sometimes supersede that because uh you know if i live 82 years well lived that's better to me than 90 years depressed
2: yeah And I think a lot of it, too, I think in a lot of professions, especially the helping professions, and I would consider what you do a helping profession as well, is that a lot of people will come to you with the idea of you have the answer, Jason, and I would like the answer. And what ends (laughs) up happening is you present to someone that they have, (laughs) I feel like Star Wars right now, like you had the answer within you the whole time, (laughs) is that we're just the mirror to kind of show you the way that you you know your body best. You know yourself the best. And we're just here to kind of reflect Amen. that back
1: to you. Amen. I mean, I ask my clients sometimes, you know, openly and honestly, what do you think? Do you think you need to make a change this week? Because, you know, again, they they live in that body 24-7. I get yep. I get some pieces of physical data. Um, you know, maybe every 10 days and and I get some phone calls and you know'm I'm, I'm good at asking probing questions to get some physiology but even some that I don't know what that feels like inside of that set, right inside of that body. And so um, you know it's uh, yeah, we all we all do have the answers. We just need some guidance there. Uh, and that's why like I have people like Craig Valentine in my life because I need guidance and everything right? I mean I've got I have coaches and everything. I have an, I have a nutrition coach. I hired somebody on my staff. Um, I have a training coach. I have a business coach. I have a life coach. Um, you know, I've coaches in every fast in my life because I'll never have mastered everything, but I always want to be getting better.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we got to have
1: a show with you and Craig just because oh, I boy. love it. Oh, boy. You love... want it. You want like it. So here's what happens with Craig and I, though. It's like intense
0: um because
1: <laughs> uh, craig is That's, craig is so intense and i feel like when when we recorded his podcast like him and i sat down next to each other and i he was like all right are you ready and i was like yeah let's go and he was all right three two one go and he clicks it and he's like i feel i feel like he had just like this stare on his face like here we go like you gotta be so serious <laughs> and ready to do this and i was like oh my god dude like i'm so chill on podcasts like just like let me let me get a drink or something That's but no he was like <laughs> Yeah. which is like, why i think and, 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 I mean, so like, we had so much fun with him oh and we were doing it like on a lunch break and we were in chino and i had to drive to la like right after that and, <laughs> oh man it was it was awesome but he uh like i think he actually just sent me an email and he's like can you post that link for me so i'll post it for him but yeah. um he's such a good dude man but you know i mean that's why i've got like him and Pedros and yeah. um you know that whole crew in my life and you know i, I feel like a lot of us are a reflection of our network and, and not saying you have to have an influential network, but you need to have a network around you that's supportive, that you can talk to, that will that will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Um, you know, don't surround yourself with yes men. surround yourself with people that absolutely want to see you move forward, irregardless of your feelings at that moment. Um, and you know so I, I think that I, I'm very fortunate to have some awesome people in my life and, and very fortunate to have an amazing team. Um, that, that wants that not only for one another and for myself but for our community um, that's that's such a blessing man I can't tell you how cool that is
0: um, on, on the topic of Craig I'm only saying this to you because he, cause I gave him a lot of shit when we were podcasting with him about like grammar and things I need you to know that your regardless is not a word
1: oh my god <laughs> I, shit, I shit you not the minute I said it I almost stopped myself and said Craig would not approve we were talking at We were talking at Empire, and he stopped me mid sentence. He did not, because apparently I use that all. I shit you not, I (laughs) use that word all the time. And he, like, I don't even know. I was saying something pretty important, and like, he literally goes, "Stopped me mid sentence." He goes, "Irregardless is not a word," (laughs) and I was like. And, like, he wasn't, like, keep going or, like, it just got really silent. And I'm, like, okay, can I keep going, sir? Like, Daddy, can I go to the bathroom, please? Thank
0: you. I acknowledged. Um, Take feedback received. Moving on. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: It was uh, was interesting. it's the second time you've said it, and I am like such like a that like that kind of stuff. I just pick up on it so quickly. So I'm like, I have to say oh, it. Oh man!
1: And especially actually yes, because of Craig called me out of my ear. Ir- you know what? And and unfortunately, like I'm such a creature of habit, I, it probably won't change anything well, soon. Have so but... you
0: ever seen the movie Mean Girls?
1: No, I can't say. how. Oh, and and so need, I am the self-proclaimed. To. I'm the self-proclaimed worst movie watcher. It's fine. It's fine. Um, okay, I can but... confidently tell you, like, like with all sincerity, I think I have seen four movies in the last four to five years.
0: I mean, it's not a, a work of cinematic mastery by any means. But all. there's a character in it. It's you know all about like girls in high school, and there's this kind of ditzy character in it, and there's this line where she goes, "Okay, you're regardless," <laughs> and it will make you never say it again.
1: It will make you cringe. Maybe yeah, I need and... to watch that, and it'll get out of my book. It totally
0: will. <laughs> just like the video clip.
1: That is absolutely (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Well, um irregardless of what people think about me I like to think that I'm a reasonable human being irregardless of my use of the word irregardless you're amazing but, and uh, I think that we
2: have to uh, next time we, we record with Craig we're just going to say that a lot and see if yes please <laughs> well, because do. the funny thing if is like
1: we will totally stop it you. was
2: I, I, hate, I feel like we've just been talking about Craig this whole time but it was so great like when we interviewed him Claire just Claire kept throwing these bombs at him and he just didn't know what to do with her and it was so fun to watch <laughs>
1: Oh that's great. That's so good. He needs that. He needs someone to keep oh, him on his toes. So
2: good. So okay, where Such can where can everyone find you, Jason?
1: So, then so exciting because it's different than last year. I know. Um so we so we actually uh we rebranded. Uh but I it's kind of cool because the whole podcast we just talked about, you know, this this shift in in the way I really view things to this uh kind of triangle of awareness piece and so we actually uh the name of our company is now in three nutrition I three um and it actually stands for nutrition in performance in aesthetics and in life um so the three things that we actually touched on tonight um so you can go to in three nutrition.com that's the that's the blog site uh the other piece is i'm super excited we didn't get to talk about it this time um But we launched the Nutritional Coaching Institute, and so I believe that fundamentally right now there's a lot of educational resources for nutrition uh, coaches or nutritionists um, out there, but I don't believe anyone's really teaching application. And so you go to these institutions, or you take them online, and you learn all this really amazing knowledge, but then you sign up a client, and you're like, oh my god, it's not what they said it would be, and Mrs. Jones is... Has a daily energy expenditure of twenty three hundred calories, so theoretically she should have eighteen hundred to two thousand calories for fat loss. But holy shit, she's only eating eight hundred calories and she's gaining weight. What do I do? Um, and and those are the things that we touch on. Um, you know, we we actually are bridging the gap from knowledge to application uh, within that setting. And so, super excited about that. So, if anyone's interested in that piece, it's NCI. Uh, certifications.com the nutritional coaching institute
2: thank you for staying up late and talking to us this was so much fun it's always a pleasure
1: it is my pleasure i absolutely love hearing from you ladies i love um it it, regardless of it being late here i love having (laughs) uh late night conversations so it is it's always my pleasure
2: and you good luck being a dad we're so excited to hear the news
1: oh man it'll be all over social yeah uh, so our, our due date is March 4th, but we have planned, so we're officially 39 weeks on the 25th. And so we're planning to have my wife induced on the 25th. Uh, so if incredible. not before February 25th, we will have a baby on February 25th. Ooh. And the world will know if baby Phillips is a boy or girl. Oh
2: well, good luck! I'm so
1: excited for you.
2: There's so many cool things happening thank in you. your life. Yeah,
1: you know what, man? Life is life is so good. Life is amazing. It's what we make it. And I just, I'm, I'm blessed. Like I get to I get to interact with cool people like you. Oh, That's it. You. That's all I need.
2: Thank you, Jason.